Hi, this is Griffin. This time I'm school Jeff. Dad and Clint play a new game about school supplies. Talk about teacher strikes and share great things happening in their lives. In Dad Chat. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, this is Chad from Astoria, Oregon, and I really need some sunshine. And this is Clint in Roanoke, Virginia, and as a native Oregonian, I can totally vouch for Chad. It sucks. And this is School Jet. The podcast where two middle-aged teachers, dads, and hipster doofuses talk across the country about their combined 30-plus years of education experiences. And anything else we can come up with. Like, what does Trump's hair look like when he goes swimming? Oh, gosh. Now I'm thinking of him swimming, and that means he's in a swimsuit. I'm I'm just going to imagine he's Sorry. in one of those 1920s swimsuits that's like a full-body onesie. Anyway, <laughs> the goal is to make a podcast that teachers... And anyone else, tell your friends. ...find as fun and interesting as the teacher's lounge during lunch, but without all that complaining. Actually, I think we do a pretty good job of, you know, passive-aggressively complaining quite a bit. Sort of like I do at home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Poor Emily. Um, if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, you probably know that Chad and I, like most teachers, have a small obsession with school supplies. Indeed. And also, like most teachers, we fancy ourselves as semi-experts when it comes to the tools of our trade. <laughs> semi. Definitely semi. <laughs> so we thought it would be, it was high time we challenged our arrogance and really found out how much we know about who's making our coveted supplies. Everyone knows that Dixon Ticonderoga Woo. makes the best pencils, and Expo is likely responsible for your whiteboard markers. But what about those more obscure brand names? You know, not the companies that stock your local Walmart, but the ones that only sell through education and office supply catalogs. Right, so we're going to find out how much the other knows with a new game we call School Supply Showdown. Here's how it works. Each of us has found five lesser-known brand names of commonly used school supplies. We will begin by providing a brand name one at a time, starting with what we think will be the most mysterious until the other is able to guess the product in question. The guesser gets one attempt per clue, and the winner will be the one who can correctly identify the item given the least number of clues. Does that make sense, Clint? Yeah, I think so. Let's, let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to name off one brand name. And you get one guess. Got it. Mickison or McKesson. Scissors. Dynarex. Um, ink. Ooh. Pro Advantage. Soccer balls. <laughs> I don't have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. These these might these might ring more of a bell here. Coverlet. Like the plastic sheet covers. Keep in mind these are any supplies that could be found in a school. Okay. Next care. Band-Aids? Yes! You nailed it on the fifth clue! <laughs> okay. <laughs> the funny thing about all of these, like, if you saw the picture of the box, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I've seen those, like, in our oh, right. main office or, like, at a doctor's office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but none of those names ring a bell. Yeah. Nice no. job. Okay, here we go. Number one, Westcott. Paper towels. <laughs> Moforn. Oh, jeez. Uh, sticky notes. No. Swing line. Stapler. No. Oh. I mean, they do make those, but no. Fiskers. Scissors. No. Oh, man. Exacto. Well, I mean, I want to say a knife, but uh, I'm going to have to say knife. 
No, but you were really close with scissors. Oh, is it a is it a chopper? The guillotine paper, paper cutter. cutter. Yep. Ah. And they're called guillotine style oh, wow. paper cutters. Like I learned that while That's I was aggressive. looking it up, which is fun. All right, one yeah. for you, zero for me. Round two, S and S worldwide. Um, children's aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Coop. Uh, loose leaf paper. <laughs> no. Apple round. Apple round. Uh, poster borders. Mikasa. Sukasa? <laughs> it might be Mikasa. Maybe I overpronounced the I. Um, staples. Voight. Playground balls. Balls. Basketballs, volleyballs, balls, 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 balls. So many balls. Balls in the air. Champion. Sporting goods. Oh, man. We're going to – we might have to let – so the answer is specifically dodgeballs. Oh, okay. You ready? Yes, the I'm ready. First one may throw you off a little bit. Number one, Mr. Pen. Ink. <laughs> Safety tea. Uh, safety T. Um, uh, safety pins? Nope. E boot. What? Uh, wireless mouse. Nope. Helix. Come on. Calculators. Nope. Last one. Oh, my God. I have no idea. Basic with a Z. Ooh, I feel like I've seen this somewhere before. Um, is it a, I don't know, disinfectant spray? No, it's rulers. Yeah! Like a straight-edge ruler. I, I probably should know that, too, as a math teacher. I'm sure I've looked through catalogs with rulers in them. The weird thing is I got these from Amazon, and all five of those are top-selling brands of rulers. Yeah, I wonder how many people, when they're purchasing rulers, really are concerned about brand name. and Like, man, I only get the basics. They're the best. <laughs> they're a little basic. Well, ah, that was fun. That was really fun. So I won! I won something! <laughs> You did finally. I Good never job. Win. I am. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> That's exciting. Want to challenge both of us in the same game? Shoot us an email with an obscure school supply brand name at schooldiapodcast.com or post it on our Facebook page at schooldiapod. We promise we won't cheat. <laughs> or maybe. Now let's take a quick break. Have you fallen victim to angry email syndrome? You know that message you write in haste with your emotions and not with your brain? And while it seemed like a good idea when you hit send at 6 p.m., it's now 6 a.m. and you're having some regrets. Worry no more about those potentially embarrassing or troublesome faux pas with Idiot Proof Defense, the outbox security platform that protects you from you. IP Defense uses a proprietary three-pronged approach at detecting and protecting to keep your outgoing message box clean. First, it scans for millions of potential words and phrases that would indicate you're writing an emotionally driven, angry, or irrational email. Next, IPD bombards you with pop-up messages questioning your choices and then aggressively encouraging you to stop your idiotic behavior. It's sort of like your sober friend in college. Last, after you've ignored step two, IPD delays the sending of your email up to 12 hours. So you can get your mind right and rethink the whole thing. And you'll be so glad you did. So if you're like many and you can't seem to get out of your own virtual way, give Idiot Proof Defense a try and you'll never have to sneak through the back door at work ever again. Welcome back. On this podcast, when educational topics make the news, we want to do our best to cover them in a timely fashion. Yeah, indeed. And while the recently ended government shutdown has taken over the headlines, 
as it probably should have. Also happening kind of in the background, uh, especially for those of us on the East Coast, maybe it was a bigger deal on the West Coast, but the Los Angeles teachers strike, uh, which involved nearly 30,000 teachers in I think the second largest school district in the country was a pretty big deal. And thankfully it ended with the Los Angeles Unified School District offering marked improvements to teacher salary, class sizes, uh, increase uh, in support staff like counselors and school nurses. And while large teacher strikes such as Los Angeles or last spring statewide strike in Arizona and West Virginia, and I think Oklahoma as well, made the news, there are likely many more throughout the country each year that affect thousands of teachers, students, and their families. Yeah, so what we want to jump into today is the topic of strikes and why do they happen, what actually takes place during a strike, and how do they impact all those involved. So to start, it would be good to know if either one of us has ever been part of one. Have you, Clint? Not directly. I've been lucky in that my school districts have generally been in pretty good relationships with the teachers' unions. So I haven't had to, but back in the 80s when I was a kid, I remember my parents had to go on strike, and I remember going out onto the picket lines and like holding signs and doing those kinds of things. How about you? No, I haven't either. And again, fortunately, you know, I'm halfway through my 16th year in education, and I can't recall a time where striking was even something that was a possibility. So I've been fortunate that the places I've worked uh, have also had pretty good relationships. I too don't remember it, but I just recently had a chance to sit down with my dad and talk to him about a strike he was involved in as a teacher in the 80s as well. And so i uh, got some interesting knowledge from that, but uh, thankfully I haven't. So I guess neither one of us are necessarily experts on this topic, uh, <laughs> but you know, I guess I guess the next thing to kind of dive into is you know, why, why do we have these teacher strikes? One of the biggest things I think is that there's a disparity often between the politicians, like the school board, who run the budget they want to make sure that they are using their money correctly. And then the actual teachers on the front lines of the schools who are dealing with the amount of resources that they are being allotted. In this country, especially recently, there has been less and less tax revenue for teachers while there's been population increases in many parts of the country, as well as more demands on what teachers are supposed to be doing and a lot more siphoning off of the meager funds that we do get into other programs like charter schools and school vouchers and that kind of stuff. So teachers have to band together to argue for their rights in the workplace and to say, listen, these are, this is what we can do. And if you want us to do these other things, you need to supply us with more funding and support. I think the other thing in speaking with my dad kind of about what took place uh, with his district uh, years ago was there was a lack of trust between the teachers union and the district in terms of what was really available financially. I think at least in the places I've been, there's been a lot more transparency it's usually pretty clear in terms of this is how much the state's allotting this district. This is how much we have. This is how much we have to work with. And we're willing to work with you and how this money is allotted. And just like with any other negotiation, if I only have X amount of dollars and you want more of this, then something else is going to have to give. And I think it also depends on who's on your school board because there are some people who get onto the school board because they don't like the idea of public education taking so much tax money. And so they are actively trying to do things to remove access to public education and move towards other means of, of students getting an education. So then that lack of trust can really build when the person's stated objective is to maybe get rid of the thing that you do. One of the things, too, that maybe on the periphery, the misconception might be that it's all about teacher salaries. And that can sometimes be, a, you know, obviously a controversial issue if you think teachers are getting paid fine or 
Or if, uh, you know, unfortunately, I've heard people say before, like, hey, you knew what you were getting into when you got into this profession that you weren't going to make much. But as a veteran teacher, I can say I still got to make a living. That's mm -hmm. one important thing. But more importantly, it, these strikes are oftentimes not just about teacher salaries. And, and like with the Los Angeles Unified School District strike, part of that was about working conditions, really big class sizes, ridiculously big class sizes, like 45 kids in a classroom, which is insane. They've shown through studies and, and uh, educational research that you should not really be in classes over 25. Right. This is almost twice as big as, the, as it ought to be. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. I, I just think anytime you're talking about working conditions for teachers, it is directly also affecting learning conditions for students. You know, if you're talking about large class sizes or if you're talking about buildings that are falling apart or if you're talking about whatever that may be or lack of supplies, um, all of that is affecting student learning as well. Again, going back to the LA strikes, you know, a big thing that they were fighting for was more counselors and more school nurses. And I can only imagine as an elementary teacher, uh, when you have sick kids and you don't have anywhere to send them, and obviously with mental health and everything else, you know, trauma-informed care and all these other things we've talked about in the past, not having enough school counselors in a building can really be impactful as well. You know, as teachers go on strike and they're fighting for, for these things to improve, in most cases, they're fighting for their students as well. And the Los Angeles Unified School District services mostly the economic economically lower end of the spectrum because most of the more affluent kids in that area go to charter private schools. Um, it's, it's also a lot of times a discussion of, of race and of social equality. And a lot of our lawmakers and the people that are in charge of these decisions, their kids go to those other private schools. And so they look at the public schools and they're like, what's going on there? What's wrong with you? Right. And they don't see that these two schools are separate and completely unequal. The systems are totally different. And a lot of times the strikes are like trying to bring that equality up and say, listen, we're supposed yeah. to be providing a quality education like you want for your kids. Let's up the ante here and, and actually offer that and so a lot of times these strikes are not just about the finances it's kind of about the system and uh, some of the economic and racial disparities that we that we have in our country so so I guess the next thing we we'll talk a little bit about why we have uh, strikes but since you and I have never really been part of them like how does this strike work I mean what what's I guess from the ground up how does this start and and how do you actually go about uh, striking as teachers. My wife is a nurse. Uh, they came close to strikes a couple of times at a hospital that she worked at. And basically what they did is as a union, they would vote to strike or not strike. And if the majority of people chose to, to walk out, then they would decide, okay, we're starting on this day. If you are a part of this union, don't go to work that day. And instead, go out uh, onto a picket line where you can be visible to stand and be ready to explain why you're doing what you're doing. And we saw a lot of marches with the recent strikes that have been happening. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. I think that's a big part of it is being out there and saying, we're not going to work until these problems are fixed. And in many ways, it's similar to what we had with the government shutdown. President Trump was trying to pull his own strike that didn't work because right. people didn't agree with what he was saying. But with the Los Angeles one, it did work because the majority of the people were on the side of the teachers. The hard part about it is that then you are living without a paycheck because you're not working, right. you're not getting paid. It's kind of like two groups that are trying to call each other's bluff a little bit. And, you know, I talked earlier about trust. And I would think that if you were willing to go on strike as a union, you're saying we believe that the district has 
more than they are giving us uh, or that they are telling us about. Or maybe there's waste. Right. Or there's waste or there's something that is not being done that we feel like it can be done. It is kind of a, you know, who can cave first type of thing, which can be pretty scary. The idea of just going on strike as a teacher and saying, you know, hopefully this only lasts three days. Hopefully that's enough threat of lack of school to, to get people to change their mind. But who knows? This could be a month. And that's, I know for us, would be financially really challenging. I think on average, most people in the United States, uh, and there are a lot of people that can't miss one paycheck, but two paychecks and they're basically bankrupt because most teachers live paycheck to paycheck. And it's a big risk to take. And I think that's why you don't see them very often. You have to really believe in what you're fighting for. And that goes to the other thing. You know, you said you vote. So, I mean, there could be 30% of the uh, union that does not agree. They don't want to strike, maybe just for that reason. You know, they may agree with all the, the arguments that the union is making, but they're saying, listen, I can't afford to do this. My dad talked a little bit about when they went on strike, there was a handful of teachers who crossed the line and went into school and, and worked during the strike. Some of them didn't necessarily agree with it. Maybe they couldn't afford to do it. And he said, like, one, for example, was uh, a spouse of an administrator. So talk about that being a really difficult position to be in. You know, in small communities, there's a lot of that crossover. That can be really, really, I, I can't even imagine how stressful that can be. So, uh, you know, one of the things my dad shared is these few people that cross lines. It took years for those relationships to to come back. So there's some ugly things that can take place through these, just through through that process. Not a not a pretty thing. No, it's super unpleasant. And I think that part of the reason that we haven't had so many strikes or as many strikes uh, in the districts that we've worked in is because people don't want to have to face those kinds of things. And so they're more willing to work on both sides of the aisle. So this does obviously affect teachers. But the other thing that can be difficult is that students and the families of those students are kind of left in the lurch, either like in your dad's situation, they could be facing a whole bunch of time with subs who don't really know what the curriculum right. was or what was going on. I don't think that right. when you strike, you leave sub plans. And it ends up becoming just babysitting. I, I read an article about the Los Angeles strike. There were some parents who said, my kids are basically just going and watching movies all day. I don't know right. why we're doing this. Let's get those teachers back in there, give them what they want. The good news for the Los Angeles one is that most of the parents were on the side of the teachers. But I can also imagine parents being upset, like, how dare you take these days off? People can right. be, have a misconception thinking it's like, oh, a fun vacation. And just being uninformed. Again, right. I kind of go back to the idea of salaries and people thinking it's all about greedy teachers or if you really cared about your kids you know that that one kills me but, oh you know, yeah if you really cared about your students then you wouldn't be doing this and i can imagine how many teachers this must just break their hearts to be away from their kids and to be putting them through days of movies and stuff i mean so many teachers are so caring about their their kids and it can fray those relationships i imagine that if the parents were not on your side the next time you have parent teacher conferences when the strike is over is going to be a lot more stressful it's going to be a lot more right. difficult to deal with on top of of you you still have to work with the administration that you've been given so you risk a lot when you go on strike you need to be really convinced of your argument that this is a thing that needs to be done and this is the only way we can do it sure and when strikes end it must take quite a while even within your building between your you know administrators or your, your school board i mean it's it's kind of like having a big fight with somebody and then trying to pretend everything's all better <laughs> it's like i'm sure it takes a while right well, this has been some pretty heavy stuff. Uh, I got a little fired up there about um, a couple of those things. And we've probably just touched the surface of this complex and stressful topic. Yeah. Do you have any strike-related stories or information? Again, we, uh, we are not experts in this field. But if you'd like to share them, or perhaps you just want to let us know that we got everything wrong and you'd like to tell us about that, we do have an email address for that. Contact us at schooledyapodcast at gmail.com. 
or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at School Dupod. So let's take another quick break. Aw, dang. You forgot your well-packed lunch on your kitchen counter again, and you aren't in the mood to walk downstairs for a slice of pizza or a chicken patty from the local lunch ladies. That's when School Lunch leaps into action. Your School Lunch subscription gives you complete access to the special refrigerator that is installed in the teacher's lounge, which is restocked daily with exactly the kinds of foods all teachers eat for lunch every day. Choose from a wide variety of options, such as leftover casserole of unknown origin, an applesauce cup, a yogurt container that will definitely splatter on your shirt when you open it, a ham, American cheese, and mayonnaise sandwich on two heels of white bread, and everyone's favorite, whatever we can find in the fridge that doesn't smell, shoveled into an old cream cheese container because teachers can't afford regular Tupperware. So don't despair that your lunch is missing, despair that it was no better than what we have to offer. School Lunch, the world's best weight loss program. And we're back, and it's time for our favorite segment of each and every week, Dad Dad Chat. Chat. The time when we take a few minutes to celebrate something great that is happening in our lives. So before we start, uh, how's your dad doing? He had that double knee surgery, right? Yes. Or replacement. How's he doing? Great. Actually, last weekend, I got to go visit him for a few hours. We were in the Portland area, which is only about an hour away from his house. And and so me and a couple of my kids went and visited him, and he's doing great. Uh, It is quite an ordeal to actually see somebody a week out from getting both of their knees completely replaced it's pretty impressive to see him moving around in a walker and going through exercises and stuff but uh he's doing great every day is a little bit better and you know like i said on the last show it's a big sacrifice that he's made for for himself and, and everyone else so uh but he's doing really well thanks for asking that's awesome so what else do you have for your dad chat segment all right so i got a couple things first of all i thought i should update you on my uh push-ups <laughs> oh good uh it's been three months now since i've announced that my i have a goal of 100,000 push-ups between my 39th and 40th year of living. And so mm-hmm. I'm three months in. I just at 30,000 push-ups. Wow. So I am well on pace of making my 100,000. But it's going well. And I'm, I'm getting there. And so far, I had a few people tell me there's no way I was going to be able to do it because I was going to, like, something was going to hurt. Uh, everything feels good. So, uh, and Excellent. I will say they're getting much easier. Oh, good. So uh, I, it must be doing something. So that wasn't my dad chat, though. And I'll make this one quick. My daughter, Daphne, got an award at school uh, yesterday. Woo-hoo. And, and she's in fourth grade. And throughout the years, they do students of the month. And they have these virtues that mm-hmm. they recognize. But the really cool thing about this one was it was the kindness. Uh, they, they recognize students for kindness. Oh, excellent. And uh, the thing that I was really proud about was her teacher had the students vote on, on the award. And I know oftentimes it's the teachers that recognize these kids. And so it was really cool when we got that email from her teacher saying that her classmates voted her as being the, the, the kindest, uh, I don't know if it's a it's not a contest, but uh, it's a contest. Voted her for being recognized, the most kindness person ever. Um, <laughs> no, the for the kindness award, and so uh, I was really proud to see that. You know, she's doing stuff that not only are her teachers recognizing, but her peers as well, and so that's pretty cool. Well, congratulations, Daphne. Yeah. What do you got, man? I'll update you on my resolution since we're doing updates. I did read all of Bird Box, (laughs) and it was really good. It was pretty dang creepy. It's one of the few books ever that I've read that has made me have a hard time getting to sleep. So, yeah, it was was creepy. I heard that the movie is just so-so, but I I recommend the book. If if you're a reader, I would would check that out. But the thing that I was going to talk about is minorly political. As the government shutdown has been going on, the only federal worker that I know personally that I 
kind of see on, and I don't even see her on a daily basis, is Helen Johnson. Do you remember Helen Johnson? Yeah, I do. She actually uh, just ordered something from me recently. Oh, excellent. Well, anyway, Helen is a federal worker. She works in the National Parks Department in Florida, and I follow her on Twitter and kind of saw her shutdown stories thread going through, and I'm just really pleased for her that she is back working again and that uh, I hope that everything continues to go well for her. But she's a listener to the podcast, and I wanted to give her a quick shout-out. But also, speaking of former students, do you remember Andrea Phillips? Absolutely. She had the opportunity to work on, and I'm not 100% sure what part of the costume department, but she worked for the costume department for Hamilton, the musical, when they did it in Puerto Rico. And so Helen got invited by Andrea to go, and they saw the opening night of Hamilton in Puerto Rico. Holy Got to cow. see Lin-Manuel Miranda in yeah. uh, in the part and do all the things that were going on there. And uh, even though all sorts of cruddy things were happening for, for Helen, I'm very proud of her and I'm proud of Andrea. And it's just cool sometimes to take a step back as a teacher and to look around at what your former students are doing and, and how amazing they are. So yeah, that is awesome. That's, that's, my, that's my dad chat for today as kind of the dad of my students, which is not actually a thing. (laughs) It's weird. So with that, I think we're going to wrap this thing up. Hey, do you think you can stump us with an obscure school supply manufacturer? Obviously you can. We were terrible at that game. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you have any insight into school strikes that you'd like to share? Shoot us an email at schooljapodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at schooljapod. Follow me on Instagram at chatterboxes. And you can find me on Twitter at Astoria. And don't forget about our website, schooljapod.com. The lovely intro and outro music you are enjoying was performed by Clint's talented wife, Nikki. And all our sponsors are fake, but our artwork is not. A special thank you to Corey Logan for our great cover design. Find him on Instagram at CoreyLoganArt. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. And go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help other people find us. Thanks for listening. We will see you soon. My dad talked a little bit about uh, when when they stri- stri- uh, stroke, striked, striked. Struck, um, maybe? I don't know. Struck? When they went on strike. Is.